Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Hanging out with you guys on a Thursday night right here in the city of Chicago. It is Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, and Ant. Tyler, I need you to uh, unblock the lines. You got me? Uh-oh. Over there? Yeah, they're good. You good? Lines yeah. blocked? Okay, cool. Because uh, I, I, I'm hoping that there is at least one person out there, male or female, that, that can weigh in on this argument that I have with my wife. And it had to do with LeBron James and the Chicago Bulls. So she... <laughs> She, we're having this conversation. She looks at me today. We're sitting on the couch, and she's like, Gabe, or she said, Babe, actually, Babe, is LeBron James coming to the Bulls? And I said, What? And you know, David Aldridge came out there and put this, you know, fake trade scenario that was like Demar, Alex Caruso, and Pat Will for LeBron James. That that's what that's what was out there. Now, that wasn't my issue, right? Because I was like, No, he's not coming. That's just that's what they do, babe. They put mm-hmm. out things like that. Mm-hmm. And she looks, Content. she looks at me, and she goes. Well, I just want to let you know if LeBron comes to the Bulls, I'm buying a LeBron jersey. Oh. My okay. blood started to boil a little okay. bit. Uh-huh. And then like in the cartoons when the steam comes out. Uh-huh. I'm like, what did you just say? I said, you will not wear a LeBron James jersey. You will not own one of those if he plays for the Chicago Bulls. I am the man of this house, and I will decide whose no, jerseys God, get worn. Please, no. That's no. right. So, and I told her, I said, it would be disrespectful to wear a LeBron James jersey. Like, it will be, hopefully, it'll be the low, one of the lower selling jerseys in the NBA if LeBron James comes to the league. So, here's, here's what I would love, right? Because this is where I'm at. 312-644-6767. All right, that's the number. You can text in as well. If LeBron, let's say let's say that were to happen, and he came to the Bulls, our, our arch nemesis, our most hated villain, LeBron James, comes to the Wait, Bulls. really? What? Le- LeBron is the arch nemesis and most hated villain of the Bulls? Who who is it? Who, if it's not LeBron James, who is it? Who, stopped, mean- who stopped the Bulls from getting championships in the 2010s? I mean, I, Dennis Rodman, Bill Lambeer, no, 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 you know, no, no. John Starks. No, we're talking. <laughs> Reggie talk, Miller. And I know, I know that, that we're similar in age, but we got to. We, we're talking about <laughs> these new bullish bulls. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking about the, the villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Lambeer. Now, come on. They were in, <laughs> I mean, I know they're wearing tight shorts again, but LeBron they, was yeah. just better. You know, I don't know losing to LeBron in the playoffs when he was just better. I don't. I'm not. I mean, you know. I guess to each their own. I guess I I didn't I didn't have your, your LeBron hate, in that your, category. Your hate for LeBron doesn't run as deep as as, as, no, as mine and most really Chicago does. Bulls fans it that really are out does. there. Really us does. us us Jordan 
us Jordan lovers. That's what it is. Team Jordan versus Team LeBron. So okay. that comes into play as well. Uh-huh. And I, I, but I'm just thinking to myself. I'm like, could you imagine? Could you imagine walking around like I wouldn't like what you want to walk into my house and you want there to be a LeBron Bulls? First of all, LeBron jersey in general. It's like if Aaron Rodgers signed with the Bears. Yeah. Well, I would buy a, I would buy an Aaron Rodgers jersey. Seriously? Would I buy an Aaron no. Rodgers jersey? Seriously? No. You buy an Aaron Rodgers Bears jersey before you buy a LeBron Bulls jersey? Yes. Now, if you want that to be a question, <laughs> whose jersey would you buy first? A LeBron Bulls jersey or Aaron or an Aaron Rodgers Bears jersey? I'd buy the t-shirt, and that's what I would do. I'd buy the I'd buy a t-shirt. I'd buy the t-shirt, not the jersey. I want like the $18 version or $24 version. <laughs> Someone from the 219 says, first of all, Bulls would would not have won a title even if LeBron and Miami didn't beat us. Eh, I don't know. It's all about the health of Derrick Rose and, and Luol Dang, guys that we saw in Paris, uh, Joe Kim Noah and Luol in Paris, they, guys that we've they, seen there. They I'm weren't just, getting ready to beat those Spurs teams either. But that that doesn't that's not exactly what your point is anyway. But but I you know I, I would agree with that. I'm I'm not necessarily taking the ball. So you're telling me this. you have zero problem in those kinds of situations. I see, but you're not like you're you're my my fandom is like I'm I'm, dis, I'm dispassionate. Yeah, uh, I'm very dispassionate. That's what it is. Like this. Like yeah. like for me, it's you know I, I'm trying to imagine myself arguing with a LeBron fan, and I didn't I didn't tell you this. Aunt. My favorite, my boy sent me a, a video. Of uh, it was like how Jordan how Jordan stands be, and and it was a video of like everything that Jordan fans do when they're trashing LeBron, and this one guy, <laughs> damn, why didn't I grab the audio? This one guy, he 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 uh, he sit, he's standing there, and then he just kind of walks over to the cameraman. He's like, you know why Mike's better than LeBron? Because he's soft. He's soft and he'll never be. And the guy goes. I didn't even say anything. <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite one because I'm like, damn, that's exactly what I would do it. I'm like, you see, you see that right there? You see that? That's why LeBron never be the GOAT. Like, I was just, I was eating my McDonald's French fries. Like, why are you coming at me like that? I don't know. I just felt very passionate about that. because I, So I, which, which yeah. element makes LeBron the bigger villain? Is it the MJ versus LeBron debate or is it the LeBron knock D Rose out of the playoffs part of it? Which yeah, factor I'm, for me personally it's it's the it's the Cleveland Cavaliers knocking my okay. favorite, you know, one of my favorite versions of the Chicago Bulls out of the playoffs. And uh-huh. then as a result of it, because he did and then went on to win a couple championships, then there's this comparison against Mike. And then that's where, you know, you get the subsidiary effect where you're like, mm-hmm. uh uh-uh, uh I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like anything of it. And if you're to come to Chicago, I'd be like yeah, I'm like, all right, cool, man. You're going to try to help us win some games. That's cool. That's how I treat him. All right. See, and so see LeBron, I'm like, the two, then. I'm like this. And, and I'm like this. Sup. <laughs> Sup, homie. What's up? Sup, homie. Yeah, you, um, it's cool. So between the two, then LeBron coming to the Bulls would be tougher to swallow than Aaron Rodgers coming to the Bears. Like that, LeBron yes. being a Bull would get your temperature up yes. more than, wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I would not have guessed that. Really? Yeah, I would not LeBron, have guessed that, man. LeBron, I do. I want LeBron James nowhere near this organization. I want. Wow. I want him nowhere near Madison and Damon. I, I. I don't even want him playing role games. I don't even like it. But, but Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> you. You kind of like. You're like. You kind of feel like. Uh, oh, you want to leave those guys over there? <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, you want to leave the Packers and come? Alright, <laughs> I'll right, have you come over here for a year or two. It's just. I, I. I don't know. I guess for me, it doesn't. It doesn't hurt the same way. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he he's how do I say it? Aaron Rodgers for me is you know he's good, but but it's like a cocky good, but I kinda like I kinda like that part of it. Because Aaron Rodgers, right, is a gamer. 
Aaron Rodgers is someone that likes like will play with a broke like he's broke limb like he he's he's a guy he's a Jordan type guy right LeBron soft man he never went never be just like the video soft I didn't even say anything man he's soft LeBron, LeBron. oh man um, that's something else man I I would not have guessed that at all I would have figured between the two. Aaron Rodgers as a bear would have been harder to deal with than LeBron with the Bulls. Because to me, you know, all the stuff you're saying about Aaron Rodgers, I think, could all be applicable to LeBron also. I mean, he's been the, the best player. You know, he's not the best player in the game now. But there was a stretch of like 15 years where he was hands down the best player in the game. So him eliminating the Bulls from postseason play when he was at the height of his powers, so what, man? He was eliminating everybody from the playoffs when he was at the height of his powers. I didn't even necessarily view that as like some big knock against the Bulls. They were just up against one of the best players ever when he was at his peak. And Nobody was taking down LeBron during that stretch. I don't like it. I don't, I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like LeBron. I don't want him over here. And I thought I had a friend in you as I was coming onto the airwaves to shun my wife from this crazy scenario we have of getting a LeBron jersey if he plays for the Bulls. Now, and it's I'm, not going to be a 23 jersey. It would have to be, what, like a 6 or something like that. Isn't that that's the, the yeah. number he's worn, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're not going to let him wear 23 when he shows up. He's going to have so, to wear 22 or 6 yeah. or something else. Some ugly number. Give him like Kirk Heinrich's 12 or <laughs> some something. Some soft you know? number. Yeah, some soft number, 24. Give him that's like double zero. Yeah, double, give him Robert Parrish. Give him a little double zero. Tyler, what, which, which one would be yours, man? Would it be harder to stomach Aaron Rodgers in a Bears jersey or LeBron in a Bulls jersey? God, both of those are like horrible, horrible situations. Yeah. Tyler, I mean, I, I would. Because we were talking about it earlier, Tyler and I, about mm-hmm. LeBron James coming to the Bulls, right? Okay. Yeah, we were talking. Uh-huh. I mean, I would probably have to hate, honestly, would hate Aaron Rodgers in a Bears jersey over LeBron. I mean, it but, was I mean, just I'm still like recent right vintage. He's looking at the Soldier Field crowd, yelling how he still owns them, man. You come, deal with come, that? Then come home, baby. <laughs> come home. <laughs> come take the reins. The thing is this. You can win a championship with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. I don't know if you can necessarily win an NBA championship with LeBron James as a member of the Chicago Aaron Bulls. Aaron Rodgers has one title one trip to the championship man yeah. lebron's got how many rings and how many times making it to the finals are you telling me you got a better chance to win with aaron Rodgers than yes. lebron absolutely without a doubt i think aaron uh, Rodgers. I, I think i think the quarterback position is way more important disagree. in the nfl wait history in what sense just because of the fact that he has of one their super both, bowl their two careers yeah, yeah man. No, no, but 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 lebron built a, a super team and then went to go win a championship in a game that where, where five guys determined the outcome and he's one fifth of that. Where you're in the NFL, you got a whole other side of the ball that you got to deal with, and, and you're dependent upon them and what they can do. I, I, okay, how about the years where he didn't have a super team and still rolled through the East and made the finals when it was like Booby Gibson was his best teammate, who Anderson yeah. Verzal. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. wasn't the super team, no, but no, he was no. still rolling through the East. Right, right, right. But what we're talking about right now, right? If either of them were to join these respective teams, and mm. so I'm saying you're talking about a 21, two year old LeBron James. I'm talking about where he's at right now, both Aaron Rodgers and LeBron James, mm-hmm. and how they can contribute to the to a championship squad. Neither is at the peak of their powers anymore. Aaron Rodgers has more recently won an MVP, so I would certainly give you that. But as far as which one would be able to show up, I hate Chicago, LeBron James. <laughs> let's just do that. I hate him. All right, uh, let's go to the phone lines three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. John out in South Holland. So, would you rather see James? In a Bulls jersey or Aaron Rodgers in a Bears jersey? 
Oh, give me LeBron all day, seven <laughs> days a week, 365. Aaron Rodgers, dude, I can't stand that dude. But, hey, here's the thing. I think your real issue isn't even about, like, LeBron Uh-oh. being soft or whatever. The Bears have never had a good quarterback. Oh, okay. You're right. So if Aaron Rodgers comes here, he's not taking anybody's place, you know, that's in mm. Chicago lore. But if LeBron comes here, it's almost like you got to protect, like, Michael's lore. And, you know, as a as a Bulls fan, I hate when people want to compare LeBron. To, like, I can love LeBron and separate and say he's not Michael. You know, he's right. not yeah. MJ. Yeah. But if he puts on a Bulls jersey, it's almost like, you know, you're trying to fight against it. So I think all that other stuff is just you dealing with your Bulls fandom it is. and your love of MJ. It is, John. It is. Thank you very Man. much. You're absolutely right. Is that dude it like is. a psychologist or something? I like that it. was like one of the most mature perspective yeah. I've ever heard from a score caller. It's a real friend right there, John in South Holland, <laughs> someone that can analyze your boy and be like, you know what, Gabe? I see what the problem is. And you're like, damn, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. got to the right. bottom of some stuff right there. <laughs> all right. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here. Uh, hopefully you'll never have to worry about LeBron, uh, a LeBron Bulls jersey because hopefully that, that, that trade won't, just won't take place. All right, uh, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk to Dan Weeder on I the other the side. man of this house. There will be no LeBron jersey in, in my trouble. home. Don't give me in trouble because it wasn't like that. Right? And I, I know she's listening in with the kids right now before they go to bed, and I do not want to come home to that madness. Girls, right. um, daddy in trouble. We get to talk to Dan Weeder on the other side. Uh, what does he think about the current status of the Chicago Bears? We'll discuss after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. And we get an opportunity to talk about our Chicago Bears right now. And joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the Bears B reporter for the Chicago Tribune. Also, of course, contributes to us here at 670 The Score. Co-host, Take the North podcast with David Haw. It is none other than Dan Weeder. Dan, good evening. Jay Bigant, how we doing? Hanging in there. Um Dan, I just want to jump right in about Kevin Warren. I mean, obviously, you've been all around it. You yeah. yourself, just kind of hearing from him, writing about it. And I guess what I just want to know, like, your biggest takeaway uh, from what you've seen or anything that's kind of stood out for you. Yeah, Gabe, and this goes back and during my time covering the Vikings. I spent some time around Kevin. And so I know a lot of people that have been in his orbit in significant ways over the years. And what you hear consistently is that he has a, a think big energy and a think big ambition that, that he sort of demands from everyone that's around him. And so I think you're going to see over time, and it may not even take very long, this sort of transformation in, in, in how the Bears operate, in what they do, and how they're able to create efficiencies in, in who they are as an organization. And we've all said for years that, that this organization has stumbled in a lot of ways because the top-down leadership hasn't been as rock solid as it needs to be. Well, and Kevin, I think you get a guy that will bring a level of, of, of competence and, and communication and connection to the building that will be instrumental in, in helping to, to provide that culture change. And one of the, the main tasks that he'll have will be something he's got a lot of experience with is, is leading this stadium project for the Bears yeah. in Arlington Heights. And I, I was wondering going in how – how verbose they would be about Arlington Heights as the main <laughs> focus. And they really made no bones about that. So if we spin this forward to win the Arlington Heights project and everything in Arlington Park, as that comes to fruition, if it's this windfall of additional revenue, yeah. what does that end up meaning? What, what's other examples around the NFL of teams who've been able to maximize sort of the off-field revenue, does that end up spilling to on-the-field success as well? Well, not as much as you might think in this league, because obviously you're working with a, a league where there is a salary cap, there is a salary floor, and, and everyone is sort of uh, designed to be playing on, on a level playing field, uh, you know, uh, very dissimilar to baseball, you know, in, in the way that you can take that revenue and dump it back into your team in different ways. I think, you know, there's two sort of parallel Trek projects here. And the, the, the biggest one that Kevin will have his, his eyes on is, is building this brilliant stadium in the suburbs of Chicago and making it as good or better than any that's ever been built in the league. And then the second one is trying to turn the football team into a champion and, and trying to, to get another trophy for the lobby of Hallis Hall. And so you've got these two really ambitious projects of trying to, to, to get the stadium built and then you know, develop and and um, oversee a general manager, Ryan Poles, in a way that helps him build a championship roster that can then get you those on-field results in that new in that new building that uh, that you hope to build. Dan, what do you think his 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 role will be? I mean, obviously he's going to be alongside Ryan Poles during this mm-hmm. process. We got free agency starting March fifteenth. I know he don't start till April technically, but I know he's going to be you know having those kinds of conversations. But but what? How much of an impact? 
do you think he's going to have? How much how much weight do you think his words will have in, in those kinds of situations? Well, I can tell you that, that Ryan Poles has really good energy about the, the unity that he's going to have with Kevin Warren, that he's going to have a guy that has experience in three different front offices around the league that has, you know, two plus decades worth of uh, a library to draw back on when it comes to, to knowing what happened in different places and what some of the landmines were and, and where some of the slip ups were. And so he's going to be a sounding board for Ryan. He's going to be a guy that can provide guidance that can provide a direction that can help him sharpen a vision. And, and I think that, that at the outset, anyway, there, there's great excitement for what that can do. One of the things you also hear about Kevin from people is that he, he's truly invested in developing people and that's this sort of underrated piece of, of the leadership puzzle, right, that we don't talk enough about. And you've got a guy now in Ryan Poles who's, you know, still in his mid to late 30s, still growing into the role. And he's going to be united now with a guy who, who really, really takes the development of people under him very seriously. And I think that can be a really great positive towards, you know, when, when people say, how's Kevin going to help? Uh, the football team be better. Well, if he helps Ryan Poles get better and be the best he can be at his job, Ryan can then build a team that can then go help Justin Fields be the best that he can be at his job. And all of a sudden you see how that trickle down effect produces the results that most of us care the most about, which is getting the bears to not be a 14 loss football team ever again. Dan Weeder of the Tribune here with us on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. You can, of course, follow him on Twitter at Dan Weeder, one of our partners at The Score, and also a part of the Take the North podcast with our guy David Hall. And for for Kevin Warren, you know, I, I was wondering whether or not being the, the Big Ten commissioner and the the lofty sort of gravitas that that job brings with it, if the Bears would be able to lure him away. And mm-hmm. it's a credit to the Bears that they could do that. I'm wondering now for the, the potential that's there with the franchise and now Kevin Warren being essentially kind of the, the owner representative for the day-in, day-out operations, Yeah, what, what is the, the overall potential for the franchise? Are, are there things beyond the stadium that the Bears would now have the potential to maximize just with the brand that comes with this franchise? It's a great question, Ant, because the, the, there are things and there are going to be things that we've never even thought of that are going to come into play here. I mean, I, I think specifically of just – the ability to own content in this day yeah. and age, right? And 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 I would expect an expansion of what the Bears do with in-house media and, and the partnerships they develop with that, and you know the connections they have to 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 provide. I mean, the, the number of forums now that you can provide content on and 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 get revenue streams out of, and it's only growing. It's it's incredible. It's mind blowing for for guys like us to think about knowing how we grew up and how we used to follow teams and now what it's like for for you know like my son he's going to be ten years old next week and he he can follow anything he wants on every different platform <laughs> and YouTube channels and, and everything else and um, you know th- those things are going to be there and they're going to expand and they're going to think big and they're going to try to create um, partnerships and 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 revenue streams that you know, the McCaskies and the, the, the current leadership at House Hall never even imagined were possible. And that's how a guy like Kevin sells himself and says, hey, let me go show you these fire hydrants of money that I can open up for you and, and then see how happy you are with how the business is running. Yeah, and that's, that's the whole purpose of bringing him in so he can uh, un, uh, uh, uncover those dollars that are out there. Uh, Dan, uh, Luke Getze getting the opportunity uh, to coach uh, one side of the senior bowl out there. Um, I mean, what? How beneficial can something like that be for an offensive coordinator in the NFL? Yeah, I, I'm not going to overstate 
the significance of this. I think it's a cool opportunity for Luke. And I, I think Luke's star in this league is bright. I think he's going to be a head coach in this league uh, before too long. And this just gives him an opportunity for a week to go uh, stand in those shoes and, 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 you know, you know, oversee a, a bunch of hopeful draft prospects and, and try to get the best out of them for a week. And then at the same time, obviously um, he's going to have a couple other bears coaches with him there, but the, the opportunity to, uh, just gather some intel on potential draft prospects, whether it's a day two guy, a day three guy who you might observe in a meeting and say, hey, hey that guy wasn't necessarily as attentive in meetings as I thought he would be. And, and it's just a little thing to add to his scouting reporter. When we did drills, this guy did them to the, to the exact detail that we asked him every single time. And so maybe this is the type of guy we'd like working with. You're able to gather some of that intel on a, on a more, uh, you know, face-to-face basis and in a, in a more intimate setting. Um, I, I always say this, though, the Bears went out in 2017 uh, and coached the Senior Bowl as an entire staff, and the only guy from their team that they drafted that year was uh, Jordan Morgan, you know, a day three guard who never really played for them. So <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them to come back uh, with Luke having a binder full of guys that, that he wants them to take, and then that's all of a sudden the, the catalyst that gets this team on the right footing. How vital is it that the Bears trade the number one overall pick, Dan? I mean, is it? Do you view it as a must because the roster needs so much, or is there, is there the potential where they say, you know, what, we just we saw value in the guy who we feel is the best player in this draft, and we weren't getting the value we liked in a trade, so we we just took the player we thought was best. I'm okay with either way. I think my preferred approach would be to get a gift basket worth of picks that you can use this year next year even possibly you know two years down the road um from somebody trading back once trading back twice whatever it may be i think you want to try to get as many assets as as humanly possible now with that when you're having these trade back discussions you have to have a level of comfort of how far you're willing to go back you know and and which cloud you're willing to go down to on the draft board to say hey we've got to have one of these seven players right like we have to walk out of the first night of the draft with one of these seven players and so you have to play that chess game uh and feel that out uh in the coming months and figure out what where that comfort level is but i i really do think that uh given that you're probably going to ride forward with justin fields as your quarterback in 2023 you want to try to go get as many possible picks as you can to help build the roster around him again this year next year and, and two years down the road talking to dan weederer here on 670 the score it's gabe ramirez anthony Heron. Dan, I'm curious if you know if you've done a deep dive into the free agents that are about to be available, and, and if so, is there anyone that stands out as as someone that the Bears should be having at the top of the list? I, I wouldn't call it a deep dive yet. Have not gotten there. Shallow, yet. a shallow it's swim, a, a shallow swim. Yeah, it's a better way to <laughs> a better way to put it, Gabe. But like we knew in the fall, and and even Ryan Poles acknowledged it when they traded for Chase Claypool that the the receiving. Uh, shelf at the free agent flea market isn't going to be overly stacked. And so um, you're going to have to set your expectations accordingly and figure out like what kind of caliber uh, pass catching playmakers you can get from what is going to be a bargain shelf, probably that they're going to be shopping off at some point. I know obviously Deron Payne in Washington is a name that, that makes a ton of sense if he ends up getting out of Washington, because he's a guy that that is just a, a, a game wrecker on the interior of the defensive line. We know <laughs> what their defensive line looked like this year. They weren't able to rush the passer. They weren't able to stop the run. And those are two pretty important things uh, to playing defense in the NFL. And so they've got to find those guys that can, can help them check the basic boxes. You know, I, I wrote it several times down the stretch of the season when you can't rush the passer, you can't stop the run. Uh, you can't pass the ball on offense. You, you, you're, 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 climbing uphill pretty fast and so they've got to find ways to revitalize those parts of their roster when you look at the 
offseason that approaches for the Bears, not only the draft, but the free agent uh, capital that will be there in the the overall cap space that's available to the Bears. They, they can revamp a variety of positions, but what's on the roster, what's most vital for them right now, if we assume they're not going to take a quarterback at number one, is the development of Justin Fields. I know you've discussed that at Infinitum on this station and others. <laughs> I'm wondering for for the quarterback position and comparing him with other recent examples of guys from year two to year three, what is a realistic expectation for, for where Justin Fields can be by next season? Yeah, look, like I think there's optimism inside the building that that all the intangibles that you want out of a guy at this stage of his development are there to take a big leap. You know, you talk about the leadership traits, you talk about the work ethic, you talk about the ability to rally a group of guys around him. It's all there. We know that the Bears were 32nd in the league in passing. We know there are a number of reasons for that, that they didn't protect well up front, that they didn't have a whole ton of weapons for Justin to throw to. But Justin himself has to take a a major leap forward in his ability to see the field quicker, right? And and I've had conversations with Luke Getze where where he says that that, that sometimes Justin hangs on to a play too long. And what he means by that, it's not that he makes a mistake and it's still sticking with him two or three plays down the road. That's not what he's saying. He's saying sometimes there's a play we have it designed that the the, the biggest possible gain here is, is, you know, for 18 yards. And Justin wants to get that 18 yards so badly that when it's not there, he's just sitting, waiting, waiting, waiting. And the, the play he's got to make is, is knowing get off that and get to the four-yard check down and make it second and six and let's live to see another play instead of taking a sack or, or using a whole ton of fuel to try to squeeze something out of that play. And so that's a big step for him is just that, that ability to, to understand the rhythm and timing in the passing game and, and to react to what he's seeing really, really rapidly. Yeah, something that we definitely want to see. Uh, Dan, so, you know, it seems like, you know, the Bears fans and fandom, we, we'd welcome anyone to the team to just help them get to the playoffs and get to get to some level of success. And I asked this question to 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 Anthony Heron earlier. We were talking about it. Would you rather see Rodgers as a bear or LeBron James as a bull? Wow, that's a good one. Yeah, man. man you, you, yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you: Do we have a hot tub time machine to rewind this to like 2015? Can we go back like eight years and, and then ride that out for the next decade? I, I, I mean, I, 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 my answer would probably be LeBron with the Bulls. I, I, I think I'd be there. I, I say this: like from the, the the seat that I sit in covering the league. I love Aaron Rodgers because he's great theater, right? He's just a fascinating character to have in your orbit, you know, good, bad, and otherwise he's really fun to watch play. He's obviously a, a, a weird dude away from the field, which makes him kind of compelling in a lot of different ways. And so um, I, I love having that guy within my sphere, but I'd probably, I'd probably vote LeBron in that poll. And like that makes it, Ant happy. That makes Ant happy. I, I, will, I will tell you this. I put it up on my Facebook and I got a couple people that said, I choose death. <laughs> so, hey Dan, Dan, thanks for hanging out with us today, man. I appreciate you chiming in. No, happy hey. to do it. And when you get that uh, hot tub time machine going, give me a call. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring you. the beer. We'll right. That's right. Sounds like a good time, Dan. Thanks for, thanks right, for hanging out. Uh, Dan Weederer, Bears beat reporter for the Chicago Tribune, of course, co-host for the Take the North podcast with David Hall. Make sure you guys download the Odyssey app so you can hear it. Nothing but great stuff coming out of that whole thing. It's Gabe Ramirez. Anthony Heron, and I got some funny ones on my on my Facebook, man. Yeah, because I, I wasn't, you know, I've checked that out. Yeah, because I wasn't really sure like what people were gonna say, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden, uh, my one of my cousins said, "I'd rather stab myself in the eye." <laughs> somebody give me said, the poison pill. Yeah, somebody uh-huh. said I choose death. Somebody said I'd rather they retire, and then somebody <laughs> somebody said 
LeBron is a bear. Said <laughs> uh, <laughs> Justin Fields needs receivers. He's like LBJ will be their wide receiver. Hey man, too. did you ever see? It's been a minute. I'd have to see what off season it was, but there was some off season where LeBron and KD were like playing football. Yeah, like flag football, right? Yeah, right, right. I think and, I've seen that. And I mean, their their length and speed, and LeBron's like high school highlights in football was kind of real, nice. man. It's like it man, that, nice. that dude could have been something. He thinks he, he. I'm sure if you asked him, he'd he'd tell you that he could totally do something like that. I mean, would you think he's wrong? I don't, I don't like this. I gotta be honest. I don't, <laughs> I don't like the your best fandom. Athletes what are the the universe? NBA and then just decide to yeah, play. Yeah, tries to do like NFL. a Jordan. Tries <laughs> to do like what a Jordan thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tries to do the Jordan thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. And I, I see where I see where this is going. This is never gonna end, end well. Um, but and you did you did point out uh, you did do something good. You did point out the fact that there was some awesome audio from Mully and Hall from Rick Spielman. And uh, we, we're gonna get a chance to hear that on the other side. What his thoughts were. On Kevin Warren, and then your reactions, Zan, because I know you had uh, some things you wanted to mention about that. So we'll, we'll play that audio for you guys on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Uh, we've done everything to Kevin Warren, including check his credit. I feel like that's where we're at right now uh, <laughs> in this post process. I feel like we've talked to his. High school teachers, we've talked to his best friends uh, from his very first overnight camp that he went to. Uh, we've uncovered everything, I feel like. Uh, but but it's good. I think that's that's the city we live in. We want to know that we're in good hands. And, and the cool thing is, right, and that after all of it, we still feel extremely good about the hire, right? right. Like no one's been able to uncover some some dark-seated truth that's out there. I mean, I don't know what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, like, after everything that we've done, all the people we talked to, Everyone is still like, yes, you guys got the right guy. And it's it's good to have that level of positivity about a team that just won three games this yeah. last regular season. Yeah. So, you know, all the momentum seems to be pointing upward for the Bears at this point between what we saw during the regular season from Justin Fields in year two. And, you know, you and I have talked about this a decent bit. I've continued to remind folks, even just as a passer, there, there was an eight-game stretch up until like between that Washington Commanders game and the final game he played in against Detroit, where the eight games in between those, Justin Fields had just outstanding passing numbers. The passer rating, the completion percentage, you know, upper 60s in completion percentage, nearly 100 in passer rating on average between those two, between those eight games, 12 touchdown passes, five interceptions, like the TD to interception ratio outstanding. So you see a stretch there where even aside from Justin Fields, the runner, Justin Fields, the passer, showed that great potential that's there. So now, like we just talked about with Dan Reedyer, you want to see that continue to improve. You want to see that develop. Then you also have the number one pick based off the regular season that was just had there. And you have a head coach who seems competent, organized, detailed. And you have a general manager who put a plan in place that adjusted on the fly. I don't think Ryan Poles went into the regular season saying, let's be so bad that we get the number one overall pick. But then when it was on the table, made a few little key moves just yeah. to try to ensure. Just a little, a couple ones. Yeah, yeah, just a couple little key moves. And now the Bears end up with the number one overall pick in the draft. And he set it up where all this cap space, the most cap space in the NFL is available to the Bears. And so now all this potential is on the table. Mully and Hawk had Rick, Spiel- Rick Spielman on the show this morning, and he's been in this position, not only working with Kevin Warren, but also he has been 
in the rooms making these decisions on the NFL draft. One of the first things they asked him about was specific to the position Ryan Poles is in, the pressure involved with having the number one overall pick. There's not a lot going on right now. Teams are right now game planning on how they're going to improve their roster, whether first you have to evaluate your own roster, then you'll go into the free agent. What's free agency going to look like? What's the strength of the positions in free agency? And then the draft. So you're kind of putting this game plan together over the next month or so. The initial talks, to be honest with you, usually start at the combine because if there's going to be a trade, especially with a player, that's where a lot of those deals will initially uh, get started. The draft stuff may linger uh, because I would hold on to it as long as I can. And the reason I say that is with Houston and Indianapolis in the same division, both needing a franchise quarterback, it'll be interesting to see how Ryan Poles plays this out and can are you able to, to uh, play one against the other. Uh, especially at division rivals, and especially both teams needing a franchise quarterback. So I wouldn't expect anything from a trade just draft to move down or up, uh, you know, until near the draft or actually when they're on the clock or right before they go on the clock. And that's an important thing that I think a lot of folks aren't even really factoring in here is free agency will play out and then you'll have the draft come up. And so there, there's time to be patient. A lot of these decisions aren't made yet. And so where you and I can talk about Will Anderson and Jalen Carter and what that would end up meaning for the Bears. But there's there's days, weeks, months between now and draft weekend. And a lot of decisions about the Bears current roster that will need to get made and about available veterans and free agents as they evaluate the current roster and say, what's already in the league that we think we can maybe do something about to upgrade the talent here? And then you end up getting the draft weekend after that. So there, there is a process that Rick Spielman was able to speak to this morning. Yeah, and it, it's, it's crazy, and because when you're thinking about, you know, the number one pick, it all sounds good. Right, you're like, oh, that's awesome, that's awesome. Right. But there's still there has to be an, uh, for me when I when I think about it, an immense amount of pressure not to f it up, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. you have this here and hopes and dreams because because what's going to happen in five years? We're all going to be looking back at this draft. We're going to be talking about this draft for the next decade mm-hmm. and, and saying, you know, what if it went well and it's contributed to the success of the team, or which was what everyone will be talking about is if you screw it up, if if something <laughs> happens, you trade to the wrong trade down to the wrong team. You know, obviously what majority of people are going to be talking about is in the event that Bryce Young is some superstar and then, you know, you're still you still have Justin Fields and and, you know, and he's, you know, an above average quarterback in the league. People are going to be questioning, you know, should he have done that in that moment? I mean, that's what people are going to do, but that's that's what they do. So that's why I don't I don't envy his position, but I do think that oddly, I do think he's going to make the right one. I think it's going to be the right decision. I have faith in Ryan Poles to do that because I think it's going to be an easy decision. And I think it's going to be like once everybody calls and tells you what they're going to give you, it's just going to be like, oh, yeah, it's this one. This is the one we got to go with because this makes the most sense. And you can you can mess it up. You know, we, we do see folks <laughs> mess up the number one overall pick. We see folks mess up top five picks. We saw, obviously, famously, Ryan Pace. Mess up the number two pick in the draft. The number two pick isn't as valuable as the number one pick, but he moved up from three to two when Patrick Mahomes was on the board, when Deshaun Watson was on the board. I mean, that that's the main thing. Unlike the, the figurative Bears general management tombstone of Ryan Pace is the Mitch Trubisky decision, and that was at number two 
in the draft. So, I mean, you know, we have seen this botched before, but all the potential is there for it to be able to go down. And it's like the world is his oyster right now, is Ryan Poles, because they have the number one overall pick. And because, for the first time ever, not only does a team have the number one pick in the draft and have the most cap space in the league, but they also don't need a quarterback. And I I respect the due diligence that's going to go into the process, evaluate everything under the sun, and in the end, they're going to come to the decision that's going to make sense where they they don't need to move on from Justin Fields, certainly not for the quarterbacks in this draft class. And there's one thing they spoke to Rick Spielman about this morning as well, about the hall, because a lot of us are assuming that the Bears will likely trade down from number one. And Rick Spielman talked to Mully and Haw about what they could potentially get back for the, that number one pick. You know, I think it's it's really has changed, but you can see the history. And I, I'm sorry I didn't go back and uh, do my studying on every uh, quarterback <laughs> that was traded for in the first round and what those values are. But that's where you kind of get the initial baseline. What's different in this year's draft than there was in last year's draft. Last year, there wasn't a quarterback that was even rated probably in the top 10 or top 15. So Jacksonville was stuck with the number one overall pick. What's a huge advantage for Chicago is that you have some viable options at the most critical position on the roster uh, that are worthy of the number one pick. Are they Trevor Lawrence? No, I don't think anyone's going to say right now that any of these guys are going to be Trevor Lawrence but there are a lot of options out there. So when you have supply and you have demand, especially what we talked about earlier, the Houston Indy and even Carolina, because I know that owner and just reading from the uh, the clips on the outside, they want to get that issue resolved because they kind of like were Indy where they just been flipping through uh, veterans with Baker Mayfield, with Sam Darnold. They want to get a young guy that that organization can grow with. So they may get overly aggressive to try to get up there and get one of these three. But it all depends, you know, on how teams end up with their final draft boards and how they see these quarterbacks. But at least Chicago is in a much better position than Jacksonville, Jacksonville was last year uh, because of the uh, maybe, I say, supply of quarterbacks that could potentially be worthy of the first overall pick. And it seems like each season can be a little bit different with that. You know, he referenced – the position Jacksonville was in last year because you not only did you not have a bunch of teams starved for quarterbacks last year, there was a lot of young guys who had just entered the league and teams who kind of felt like maybe we got our guys. So they weren't quite as hungry last year. But then also there weren't those QB prospects at the top and where every every draft cycle is going to have someone who's kind of worthy of the number one pick that year. But when it's quarterback, that's when folks reach. That's when folks are willing to throw all kinds of caution to the wind. And this year, you know, you can end up in a situation like you have with the Colts, who have number four pick in the draft. There's a good chance the Colts could sit at four and have at least a well-regarded QB prospect there, but they still are talking about, you know what? We're willing to move heaven and earth. We will give whatever it takes to move up and make sure we get a QB, make sure we get our guy that we end up falling in love with because that quarterback position is the one that everybody craves. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, and to hear, you know, the Bears' wish list of things or even people put out these, you know, we got to remember, like, these are fake trades people are coming up with in their head just like you do with your friends. So it's like when you read it, don't sit up there and be like, oh, did you hear? The Colts are willing to give up everything to get the number one, to get the number one draft pick. It's like, uh, there's going to come a moment where they sit down and, and really have to evaluate what that looks like. And and I think the Bears, just, you know, 
again, you can't say it enough. They're just in such they're in such a good position. But like you mentioned, every team is going to get to a point where they're like, hey, there is a quarterback in this space that can make our franchise better, and and they're willing to give up the fu- you know the, the the immediate future in terms of draft picks in this year and next year's draft in order to secure it. And we'll definitely, uh, you, you know, you and I specifically, I'm sure we'll have a lot of time to talk about the, the quarterbacks on the board in this draft cycle. But, you know, at the moment, it, it doesn't seem like there's, there's a lot of folks that, that feel like the Bears are likely to move on. But again, do the due diligence. But let's say the Bears end up, whether it is staying at number one to draft somebody who they've fallen in love with. But it feels like the more likely scenario because if all the holes the Bears have is to move down from that top pick, but then how how far down are they potentially willing to go? How far down does it make sense for them to go? Well, Rick Spielman talked about the need the Bears have up front on the defensive line. There's a couple of different prospects. You and I have been talking about Will Anderson and Jalen Carter for weeks at this point. That was one thing specifically Mullen Ha asked him about when they had him on the show. But the reason I I, I went with Carter over Anderson is I know the depth. Uh, there's a lot of good players uh, that are pass rushers, and I'll be down at the Senior Bowl, and and there's there's a really good group of senior rushers down there, plus the juniors coming out. Where it's always been difficult for teams to find that inside dominant player, and if you can get a guy like a Jalen Carter that is not only a, a physical beast against the run, but he's such a unique athlete in how he can get some pressure on the inside, because when you're watching these games, if you have two good edge rushers, but the quarterback's able to step up in the pocket like the Brady's of the world, and you don't have pressure in his face, uh, then they're going to just pick you apart like a seven-on-seven drill. But when you can generate pressure on the outside and you can generate especially a game-changer on the inside, uh, usually great defenses have one of those type of defensive tackles, and I think Jalen Carter fits that. One of the things I tweeted out, earlier today was just looking at, you know, this was just even in, in preparation for watching the games this weekend. And, you know, we, we end up pre-taping Pro Football Weekly, and I, I tend to do that during the, the playoffs when, you know, Dave Weinstead goes down to his place in Florida and I'm done with my college football stuff. And so I'll fill in for Wani for a few weeks. And one thing I tweeted out today, just as I was watching film on the, the 49ers, they have a defensive lineman named Charles Omenahu, who is going to be a free agent this year. They just acquired him this season, and he's a guy who plays defensive end. He can play some defensive tackle and sub packages as well. And if the Bears are able to come out of the draft with Jalen Carter after having perhaps signed Charles Omenahu from the 49ers, and really he'd be a free agent, so they wouldn't need to sign him from the 49ers, but a really talented defensive lineman. There's guys at multiple positions they're going to need because the D-line was so talent deficient every time they took the field so you just need depth you need a variety of guys you come out with a draft prospect come out with a, a reasonably priced free agent like i feel like a man who would likely be man the bears have a lot of potential to upgrade what they do up front but it can certainly be bolstered by the draft who who wouldn't hate two guys like that and Jalen yeah. carter and and the man that you were mentioning right there uh but man i can't say it enough it's one of the most exciting times I've ever experienced as a Bears fan, and we're not even in the season. That's the oddest mm-hmm. part about the whole thing. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. Uh, we're going to continue this Chicago Bear conversation and include a little bit of the playoffs on the other side. We get to talk to Eric at home uh, just next and see what he has to say about everything. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe, it's Ant, it's Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.